Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Happy New Year's Eve! I cannot believe it's going to be 2019. That is crazy for me to think about. I am just permanently stuck in this mindset that it's 2008 forever, 2005. I don't know why. It doesn't hit me that we are in the teens of the 21st century and pretty soon it's going to be 2020, 2020. Still debatable what we're supposed to say. At what point does it become standard that it's 20 whatever? It's like, when did did people say it was 1010 when it was 1010? asking for a friend. Anyways, I feel like this year is going to be amazing. I think 2018 is, I mean, 2018 was a, was a good year. Things happened. This is the thing. Whenever the new year hits, people always reflect on the last year and talk about the next year. And I feel like so many people always talk about their last year in the context of saying, you know, 2018 was a really rough year, or it was really hard, or I did X, Y, and Z. And people are always hyper-focused on the negative things that happened. And I feel like every year, I, you know, I'm thinking about my last year, and I'm always like, oh yeah, it was a good year. You know, I did X, Y, and Z. And I don't know if that's just me repressing um, any negative things that happen because here's the deal. Everybody has both positive and negative things that happen to them every year, but you make a choice which ones you focus on. And I think it says a lot about a person if they are focusing on all of the negative things or all of the positive things, because every single person can pull out something positive like that happened to them in the last year. And sometimes that that's a negative. Like for me, it's interesting because I almost think that every negative thing that happens to me it is a positive because I learn from it. And the problem is when people are just letting negative things that happen control them and shape shape the way they think about everything else. And it doesn't, they don't use that as motivation to kind of pick up and pivot, make a change. If you just harp on the negative things and say, well, that happened to me and you let it happen to you rather than take control and flip the situation, then yeah, you're going to feel like everything is negative. But here's the thing. I mean, 2018 was a good year, aren't they all? That's what I wanted to say. So it was a good year, but I think 2019 is going to be amazing. Um, mostly because I'm personally determined to make every year better than last because I really think that's what life is about. We should make every single year even better than before. Always set your standards high for yourself because you deserve it, you know? But I do think that 
the end of a year and the beginning of a new calendar year is a good time to take a step back and kind of evaluate what happened in the last year, what you achieved, maybe things that you want to learn from, not do again, do again, look to the future and see what you want to change to make it happen, to make it happen that your next year is going to be even better than before. So while I'm not super into let's wait for January 1st to start X, Y, and Z habit, I just feel like it's really silly when people wait for a whole new year to start a habit. Um, I do think that it can be motivational for some people. It's this idea of a clean slate, but remember, you can make any day or any week or any moment at the start of a new slate. But I do think that looking at the calendar year, the past calendar year, evaluating it in that way is helpful because it gives you, you know, a nicely wrapped timeline to look at because it can be very overwhelming to think, wow, how's the last however many years of my whole life been, right? Or I guess you could do it on birthdays. It's the same idea. Just any sort of nicely packaged sense of time can be helpful for us so we can compartmentalize all of the things that we've done, felt, experienced in the last year. And New Year's has this kind of grander sense of everyone starting anew and a sense of, you know, just a whole new year, new me, blah, 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 whatever. Everyone's going to try and sell you something. So that's it. But I always like to reflect a lot, especially at this time of year, because it gives me a nice wrapped up timeline to work with. And I've been thinking a lot this week. This week is that, that weird time between Christmas and New Year's Eve. Christmas, the honestly, the day of Christmas and the day after are like, just there's such letdown days because all the buildup is over the holiday season's over and now it's kind of this awkward time period where you know new year's eve is coming around the corner and some people go back to work and everyone else goes on vacation and i just feel like i'm in limbo and i want to get back to some sense of normalcy some routine i've been craving just like going back home and getting into my routine again but also feeling like i need a vacation and i'm like in this weird week where I'm sort of working, sort of not, but I, t- I decided I'm not going to blog this week. Take, take the week off blogging. So a little vacay. And then I'm going up to my family cabin for new year's. So I'm very excited about that because it's secluded and I can get some mental space because what I've been needing mostly the past week has just been some brain space and some clarity and I've had a lot of thoughts and wanted to like journal a lot and write a lot more recently. So I think it'll help me to to get out of the current place I'm in and go somewhere just more. Something about being in the woods, you know, calms you down. It's the nature. It's all the negative ions. It's great. I'm honestly just not really a New Year's person in general, New Year's Eve. I know everyone loves to go out on New Year's Eve and that's like their other big holiday. I'm just not a New Year's Eve person. I like to just stay home and watch the movie New Year's Eve. (laughs) It's so bad, but so good. Zac Efron makes that movie. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I like just have a chill New Year's Eve. I think because when I was in high school and even younger, but I just had so many really crazy New Year's Eves that 
are just a blur in a negative way. A lot of negative associations with New Year's Eve that I'm like, I'm tapping out. It's time to be a grandma. I've had enough of that. Um, I'm so different now. (laughs) So yeah, I'm just not like a big party or New Year's Eve person anymore. I think New Year's Eve parties are fun if you're, well, for me, let me rephrase that. It would be fun for me if I was going to a party with people who also weren't trying to black out because oddly I find that's a lot of people's goal is to just drink as much as they can and I'm not sure if their goal is to black out or to drink just right into the point where they throw up or they're gonna throw up but yeah I spent too many New Year's Eves helping people cleaning up after them and I don't do that anymore I was young and naive and you got to take responsibility for yourself. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, so back to the New Year's thing. I think that, like you mentioned, it's a good time to really think about your last year. Um, but even more so to just kind of think about what's coming in the new year. A shift in energy. And here's the deal. At any time of year, you can make the changes you want. But if this is going to help motivate you because it's going to be 2019, then use that to motivate you. And I think it's a really, really helpful practice to just visualize and imagine where you want to be by this time next year. Like literally visualize every single detail of your day, your job, your career, your relationships, um, your health, like down to the detail, like the nitty gritty details. What do you want your days to look like? And write that down, or if you really can't write it down, but you really should, just like deeply visualize it and pay attention and think about that. And okay, what is it going to take for you to change to get there? Or what sh- what habits should you keep doing? So at the end of every year, I like to kind of, in a very organized fashion, list these things out. So I look to the last year and I make a list of all of the things that I did that I'm proud of my accomplishments because I think that a lot of people for some reason when looking at the past also don't pay attention to that because once they do something good they just kind of like they're like all right and they move on and they're looking as humans it's like we're biased towards looking for all the negative things and they just harp over what they didn't do well or what didn't go well for them so I think it's important to make a list of your accomplishments and give yourself some props for that pat on the back, snaps for you, okay, and then make a list, and then you can also make a list of things that you didn't feel so great about or what you wanted to improve on, and you're not a bad person or a failure, it's just like a stepping stone to learning towards changing, because as humans, I just think that everyone can always improve, and everyone should always strive to feel better and and do better, and if you're not constantly improving yourself as a person, um, I'm not really sure what you're doing. (laughs) I think it's a really important part of being a human and part of what this journey of life is about. So always improving. Okay, so I have my two lists that I like to make and then I like to tell, like imagine what do I want, exactly what I want my life to look like a year from now and what what am I gonna work on? What am I gonna change? So I'll make a list of things that I'm going to start working on. I'm very specific and I haven't really fully, I mean, I haven't done all this. It's kind of like my New Year's Eve ritual. 
Um, and I like to get very specific and then also general, general goals. So it can get even bigger if, if this gets my wheels turning and I want to start thinking about five years, 10 years, but always looking to where I want to go. Um, and then always bringing it back also to the present and making a list of like me right now as I am. What are the things that I'm grateful for? What am I proud of? Um, what makes me happy and then using that to guide where I want to go in the future. So I thought that I would just maybe talk. I'm going to use this as my brainstorm session about a few things that I plan on personally working on in the next year and forevermore. Because again, I haven't, I haven't fully done my whole little ritual of writing all this out um, for myself. So I have a record of it because I also like to look back and see what I did accomplish and what I, what I still need to work on. And also you can tell a lot about yourself in terms of patterns. If you, if you do this over the years and you always, you always like say, this is my goal. And then you don't, you don't necessarily make that change. Maybe that means that you shouldn't keep making this goal. Maybe you need to change the goal because maybe that's not going to work for your personality. But anyways, okay. Here are a few things. This is actually, yeah, this is going to help me. So first of all, um, I want to keep, I, I started recently in the last few weeks, this eight hour sleep challenge. And that's more of just a philosophy. So obviously the eight hour sleep challenge is about trying to get in eight hours of sleep a night. Um, but that number is relatively arbitrary. I mean, not completely arbitrary. Like that's a really good number for most people to aim for. But some people need more. Some people do fine on less depending on where you're at. But for me, it's just more of a philosophy of like, I need to protect my sleep and stop making excuses for why I can't go to sleep. Um, or like why I need to wake up earlier. Because for me, I don't struggle with like actually falling asleep in the sense of I don't lay in bed and have an issue with with actual active sleeping <laughs> um I I have an issue more of letting myself go to sleep because I'll think of something else that I want to do before I get to bed or I want to wake up early to get ahead of something in the morning and it's almost like this idea of taking back your day and kind of controlling your day more and I need to be firmer about sticking to this is what I have to do to um, get get this sleep in and I was doing really well I lost it a few days while I was traveling the last few weeks um, and then picked it back up again that's another really important thing to remember in terms of like New Year's resolutions, whatever, New Year's goals. I just hate all those terms. But in terms of making shifts in your life, people, it goes back to this all or nothing thinking that I was talking about last episode is if you have this all or nothing thinking and say, you say, okay, it's January 1st and I'm going to sleep for eight hours every night or I'm going to exercise, you know, four times a week or I'm going to eat this way, this is what people do. And then they maybe miss some workouts or they don't eat as clean as they wanted or they go a few days and they don't get their eight hours in, whatever it is. And then they just give up because they feel like I already, I already lost it. No, 
Guys, this is a lifestyle. This is where this whole yo-yoing comes back in. So the thing is, always remember the goal and always have that same motivation. So the attitude that I recommend having that's much more conducive to long-term changes and positive health outcomes is, okay, so maybe I had a few nights where here and there where I couldn't get eight hours, that does not affect tonight's sleep. So I might as well just hop back on it because this goes back to this whole idea of it's about what we're doing most of the time, not what we're doing every second of every minute. So with sleep, for instance, if my pattern is that more often than not, I'm getting my at least eight hours of sleep in, then I'm good to go. It's not worth it or necessary to freak out over the smaller percentage of times where things don't go according to plan. Um, That's why you generally live a certain way. It's same with eating. It's like if you're, whenever you're cooking for yourself, you're eating at home, when you can make the best choices you can so that when situations come up where maybe you're out and you have no choice but to eat something a little bit different than what you would like if you make for yourself when that comes up and it truly is and I have to make this decision type of moment then it's no big deal you don't have to worry about it because what you're doing 80 to 90 percent of the time is eating in a way that nourishes you and fuels you and there's no reason why the next day you can't pick back up or not even the next day like the next meal the next hour whatever just pick back up um with your usual patterns and this is why it's important to build habits habits, habits, habits. But that's why the beginning is crucial because if you can stick to something straight for a first 21 days, then it's been shown that you will stick to that habit much more easily long-term. But that also does not mean if you're trying to stick to a habit and create this pattern and you slip up within those 21 days that you should just forget about it. That's silly. Um, just pick back up and keep going. Okay, so back to this sleep thing in general, just really protecting my sleep and um, being stricter about that and not because what they are when, when I let my sleep go is usually excuses. Obviously, there are certain times like when I was traveling where I didn't have control over it, but in my general daily life, like I have control over when I go to sleep and when I wake up. Um, and if that means I have to get less done in a day than I would want, then oh well, because I can't even tell you how much sleeping more has has helped me already and I want to continue that and really, really make it just the way it always is. I can tell now it's almost like my body is now that my body's had a taste of going a while with a solid eight hours every single night, at least eight hours, it's been more. Um my body rebels anytime I try and get less. Like this week, there was a night where I needed to get up early and I knew I was only going to get like six and a half that night. And I just slept through all my alarms (laughs) because I'm like, I have no willpower anymore. It's fine. Um, Okay. So protecting the sleep, I think in general, kind of fine tuning my daily schedule because I mean, this is also part of the type of business I have and the type of work I do is kind of being flexible and everyone has different opinions on this and actually I do plan on doing a whole business podcast soon because a lot of people have been asking me business questions I kind of want to dive into my opinions about things um but in terms of scheduling I think for some people it can work well to be 
uh, more go with the flow about it and every day is different and whatever in terms of if you're an entrepreneur kind of doing the kind of work I'm doing but for me I run really well off of systems and knowing when things are coming and when I'm doing them and having an organized schedule and routine and I think that for me just really fine-tuning my schedule and getting into a routine will help me a lot which also I really want to not travel so much um, this next year and I already have some things booked but I think just more calm time more me time will really really help and just continuing kind of this whole allowing myself to focus on myself which I know is a lot of is something that a lot of people struggle with as well and I'm pretty good at it um, but every year I make it a goal because like to remind myself that I need to keep doing that it can be really hard to say no to things and no to people but at the end of the day it's very important to tune in and take care of yourself first so continuing with that and especially living in a new place not feeling pressured to try and do everything and see everyone I think a lot of times people move somewhere they feel like oh I need to do x y and z because I just moved here you got to find your crew and like make some connections and the thing is there's plenty of time and if I don't want to do something then I'm not gonna do it in terms of social obligations, by the way, not regular adult things like paying bills. Obviously, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so fine-tuning my schedule, having regular work hours, and also um, this is actually a habit I was doing really well with at a certain time period. Um, it was actually right before, like a few months ago, when I, when, when I was basically traveling nonstop for three months. Right before then, because I was in a routine at my place, and I had really... Um, a good system with my phone hours and then when I was traveling because I was just kind of fitting in work at weird times whenever I had a second um I got out of my phone hours and it, what really works for me is to not use my cell phone when I'm working so the way I do my day is I basically give myself two breaks during the day when I go on a walk and then that's also when I will check in with social media um, and answer any text messages I get from people um, and that helps me stay focused on the tasks that I'm doing at other times so I just schedule that time period in but I realized how much it was affecting my productivity whether or not I allowed myself to answer any messages in between like during work times um and I I was doing really well I'd like I wouldn't answer any messages during that time except for when I was on my walks during the dedicated check message time and then when I was traveling kind of got out of that and also same thing with like after a certain time turning your phone off or on airplane mode and got out of that habit too because just everything was was strange with my schedule so I was just trying to answer things when I could and then recently I realized that um having issues because I'm trying to answer messages during work time just thinking oh answering a few texts here and there 
um, isn't going to distract me, but it, it really, really does. So I just need to be very focused and uninterrupted. And then also same thing with not, you know, in the evenings and in the mornings, it's really, really important for me to have time for myself. So not answering messages in the morning, um, or after a certain time at night so I can just relax and getting better about my emails. I am starting to draw clear boundaries. So I have these auto responses that go up. I already have this auto response for my text messages that goes up that basically says I'm busy doing something else and will respond to text messages at my allotted hour. Some people don't like that, but you know what? A girl's got to get her stuff done. This is a lesson in drawing boundaries. And I think that so many people are just too used to having too much. They have too much access to other people. And I think this is part of the problem with just our general generation, why there are so many mental health issues, independency issues, and we don't have any time in silence and we don't have, it's like people don't have to be by themselves at all. They'll just text someone or look something up on the internet and that's an issue for people. So drawing, putting my fence up. Hi, these are boundaries. That's it. So yeah, for me getting back onto my phone, schedule slash like just less technology in general gonna do some more social media detoxes join in with me if you want those are the best and I don't know just less technology in general I find that I feel much better I feel much better when I'm like not on technology because it also clears my head and then when I am on technology like when I'm making podcasts or writing posts then I come on and I'm like intentional about it and I feel so much more motivated um for example, listening to like, I don't, I just like don't really listen to anyone else's podcast anymore. I listen to some here and there, um, but not the way I used to. Like I used to just, I was a podcast fiend. That's all I did. And I, it was giving me so much mental clutter and no brain space. And so um, just in general, another point, just tuning in and giving myself silence and focusing on what I need, not what everyone else needs or what everyone's asking of me or what I think other people's expectations are all of that is really helpful and I think what else one last thing I definitely want to work on is stopping procrastinating because I have been a procrastinator I think I for sure have cortisol resistance um and I've always been a procrastinator. In high school and college, I was the type of person, I mean, I saved everything like down to the wire. I don't really know what it is. And now I'm pretty sure it's my cortisol resistance. I wrote a post on this on my website. Um, so check that out. But yeah, I need to work on that. Um, those are just a few things that I... I want to work on personal development wise in terms of business. Um, I have a few projects that I'm really excited to release. I have one, like a very big one and I can't, I can't, I don't want to share all the details yet. The girls in my program know. Um, I was actually going to release it in December, but then I decided that I needed more time and also it was bad timing I felt like because I felt like it was going to get lost in the shuffle of all the other 
all these programs and books and whatever gets launched at the beginning of the new year and in December. Um, so that will be coming out in the next few months. And I'm just like, I can't even tell you how excited I am, but I spent a lot of time working on it and still fine tuning. And I'll keep you guys updated on the details. It's literally going to be, um, if you are healthy, if you feel like you're healthy and you're doing everything right and you still don't know why you don't feel the way you want to feel, this is a very, this is going to be what you need. Like this is going to be what you need. That's all I can say. Um, so that is like the main project I want to get out. And then I also have my next few ebook ideas that I, I'm going to start working on. Um, this year, I'm going to start seeing Reiki clients publicly quote <laughs> like right now I'm just doing it on like for family friends personal basis um so doing that I think just getting more settled um in my new space and also growing the membership portion of my website so on my website um I have my blog post and I also have my membership section so if you're subscribed to that membership you get um, exclusive posts every week and kind of the point of that is that I'm um, I, I put posts there that is more of information for people who really want to get more into the sciencey or nerdy or niche like fringe topics in terms of health and wellness and also things that um, would be resources that I sh I shared with just one-on-one -on -one clients um, because I'm gonna I'm working with a lot less people now and when I start seeing one-on-one -on -one people again um, I'm, I'm seeing I'm will be seeing a lot less people and so I figure the more information that I can put in there as in terms of like this is what I would be sh this would be the the information that I save for clients I can help a lot more people in a much more cost-effective way because there is a lot that you can do with the proper research and the proper knowledge to get yourself feeling better um, so that if you do work with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, which sometimes is definitely necessary and I'm a big believer in working with someone else for sure, um, but it, it'll be better bang for your buck if you've already done what you can on your own um, versus just starting from zero or even like 50 um before you see somebody so yeah I'm really excited to keep growing that I love those posts because I just kind of talk about things that I've been researching or looking into or thinking about more um so yeah that is really fun I'm excited about that those are kind of some business things oh and obviously the podcast like um I'm feeling good about twice weekly podcasts getting in the groove here and um I want to do more regular Q&A episodes to help you guys out. So that will be that will be good. I want to keep getting some awesome guests on. I have a whole list of people I want on and it will be lots of fun. So those are the, some things. These are my intentions. Um, and like I mentioned, this whole week, I'm going to be thinking more about it and kind of I'm especially self-aware at this time of year because I know that 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 little exercise for myself is coming. So this whole week, I'm like really in tune with like, how am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling this way? What's stressing me out? What am I looking for um, in terms of happiness, purpose? So that when I, when I do sit down and really write this out and think about it, I have a lot more clarity. 
Because if you go and sit down and write something like that and you haven't really tuned in or been paying attention or been self-aware at all, um, then you won't, you won't even know what is making you feel off or unhappy or what you want to improve on and when you feel just like you need a change. So self-awareness, first step. Awareness comes always before change or awareness comes before planning in general. But my point is that I think it's really important to write things out or say them out loud. Literally say, I am XYZ. This year I am doing this, I'm doing that. Because this is a way of manifesting, law of attraction, whatever you want to call it. And I know it sounds woo-woo and out there and people don't really see the purpose, but it makes a huge difference. So, I mean, I think especially saying things out loud. When I go on walks, I literally will just say statements out loud of what what I'm manifesting because you, the cells in your body hear it and they will change accordingly. And you have to say things out loud. Say it to people. Um, say it to yourself. Just put it out into the universe so that the universe can send it back to you. You're not going to lose anything by doing that. So you might as well just do it. And I swear to God, people ask me all the time, like, how I get opportunities or how I built this or that or how I did X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, you need to start, you need to manifest everything and put it out there and be clear about what you want. Um, a lot of times, like for yourself as well, because people kind of, they'll have this idea of what they want in their heads, but they're, they're not clear on it. And when you get very specific and very clear, that is what's going to make it happen. Because even you just knowing very clearly, um, that's like subconsciously what's going to change your behavior and motivate you in ways you don't you don't even realize so it's very important to be clear about what you want in this new year and say it out loud manifest it put it out into the universe write it down put it somewhere you can see it every day put it on post-its in front of your face but put it out there get it out of your head speaking of which Today on my stories, I posted, I basically said, if you're willing to share, can you share something you're struggling with most right now? And I I talked about this on my stories as well. So if some of you already saw, heard me say this, sorry, but just wanted to reiterate, like I did that for a few reasons. First of all, just genuine curiosity. I wanted to know kind of what is on your heart what's in your head what are you thinking about like what are you going through um because that will help me figure out like you know what what do I think what can I put out there that I think might help people as well um in general in terms of like yeah this these direct questions are helpful but also kind of getting a general overview of what people on my page and my audience are are dealing with um But also because I think especially there's something about this week for me that I have felt like and I've had this sense of I I need to talk to someone like I just need to talk about things and kind of get things off my chest um, what I'm thinking about and I know that I'm not alone and that was also my way of kind of just like sometimes I know that I need to just word vomit to someone. I don't even need them. I don't need a solution or an answer or anything. I just need to be able to say it. And then I feel better. And I think a lot of other people are in the same boat, but they feel like they don't have this outlet to say it. Or they don't They don't even know who to say it to. And something as simple as just responding to that message, I, 
I know made people feel better. Like a lot of people said, thank you for asking this. I just needed to get it off my chest. And a lot of people said that. And I mean, my heart is with you. And I'm glad that you, that, that made you feel better for a second, just to kind of say like, this is what I'm dealing with. I think because sometimes when we type it out, it, it makes it more real. And a lot of times when we're struggling with things, we avoid them in our heads. Like you kind of know in the back of your mind, you're dealing with this, but you don't fully want to face it. So you don't ever even say it. And part of that is running away from it yourself. But the only way things are going to change is if you start talking about it and if you get it off your chest, which is why bringing it back to, I think this is why it can be so helpful to find someone to work with that can be a variety from people. Sometimes confiding in a good friend or a family member can be really helpful and great if but a lot of people don't have someone they feel comfortable with because sometimes it helps to have somebody who's totally just a third party um outsider and who doesn't know anyone else in your life and who you feel safe with and can just kind of say whatever to and I totally understand that or also somebody who kind of does this professionally as a living um that there's something different about it because when you're sometimes when you're talking to a friend I'm sure everyone's experienced this it's like you're talking to a friend and you know your friend's a good listener and you feel comfortable sharing it with them but then the conversation goes and then it just kind of shifts into them and they're putting their their stuff on you um because that is what a friendship is it's back and forth but when you're working with somebody it's kind of more of it's understanding like no this is your time to dump what you need onto me you know, just, just say it, just get it out. Like word vomit here. Like this is the space to do it. And sometimes we feel like we're burdening other people if we do that. So that's why I can really help to work with somebody, um, whether that be a therapist or some type of health coach, um, or nutritionist or a life coach, life coaches can be really helpful. I think especially if you work in health and wellness and your job is to be there for people all the time, um, or not even health and wellness, but if, if you have a job where your job is to be there for other people all the time, or you get other people's emotions on you all the time, um, it, you need a space to do that for yourself and to word dump onto someone else. Um, so yeah, any type of coach or a therapist or, um, if you absolutely can't see anybody, like at least journaling or at least, I mean, I know people think you're crazy, but no one has to know you're doing it. Like, talk to yourself. Like, say things out loud. Things change when you say them out loud. You've probably heard podcasters say that podcasting can be therapeutic, and it totally can. Like, for me, when I have a time to just talk, like, I mean, right now, I'm just talking to myself. I'm basically talking to myself. Well, I'm talking to you, but you know what I'm saying? I'm saying it out loud, and no one even has to be directly on the receiving end to respond to me right in this moment. But it's therapeutic in a sense, no matter what you're talking about, to just verbalize things. And maybe you think I'm weird, but there have been plenty of times in my life where I know I really need to get something out. I need to get something off my chest. And I don't have a friend available um, to talk to. And I don't have, if I'm working with someone, it's not the time, you know, it's late at night. And I will literally just sit there and I will I will say it as if someone's there and it helps I mean I don't talk to myself for five hours but sometimes just saying a few sentences just to make it real and bring yourself down 
like bring yourself back back down to earth um, and get out of your head because sometimes our thoughts race too fast for us to even keep up with and when you have to verbalize it it helps you stay present with the current thought you're having and work through it in an easier way um so i'm just saying sometimes if you need to talk to yourself just talk to yourself but it is really important um do not be afraid to work with somebody in any capacity um life-changing for me and everyone i have talked to i know that's life-changing for them too and i think anyone who has any type of job where you talk with people whether you are some type of coach an ntp or a fitness trainer or if you're a hairstylist or an esthetician or any type of service um like the nail salon like just so much of that why people feel better after that service is because they were talking to you and they just had a space where they could get things off their chest i mean i swear to god going to the hair salon that place is like a public therapy room i know i'm not the only one who noticed that (laughs) anyways though this week especially i've been feeling like at this time of year it's i love this time of year but i also always feel this sense of loneliness i think because it's like there's so much busyness going on and so many social gatherings and people are there but they're not really there and i'm somebody who really thrives off of like a deep one-on-one conversation with somebody not all the small talk and chatter and going from place to place and parties and kind of just doing things surface level um because sometimes i just am like can there's so much going on like can we just take it down five notches and sit here and like focus on what's happening? And I know I'm not the only person who kind of gets that sense of underlying loneliness as well in the sense of like, I just need one person here to talk to. And I think that, I mean, I asked this question on my social media and some of the, resp- a few of the responses were kind of what I typically get if I ask something similar, like, you know, my, what do I do about my bloating, meal planning, staying away from sugar, what do I do about my SIBO, these types of things, which are all important to address and helpful, but I got a lot of things that were much, much deeper and are touching on much greater underlying issues, like people saying, a lot of people saying, I don't know how to find the balance between being there for others, but also focusing on myself. I feel like I'm losing myself um, feeling unsatisfied in most aspects of my life, career, partner, etc., and trying to be my best self, but it's hard. Being happy with myself, forgiveness, feeling overwhelmed. I don't have enough time for myself. Someone said that they've gained a lot of weight since something and they hate themselves for it making decisions, self-worth. I had probably 20 people say just body image. A lot of people saying binging, low self-confidence, finding a relationship, feeling like I have no control over my health or life. Those are just a few examples of some of the responses I got and I got more responses on this little questions post than I ever have on a questions post on Instagram. Um, And I could just tell, like, people right now 
they're, they're feeling it too. And they're feeling, I think, especially at this time of year with the new year feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I don't have anyone to talk to about it and I'm overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. And I, I share some of those responses just so that you understand that you're not alone and everyone has a struggle. And it's really important not to dismiss our own or anyone else's personal struggles. And I also commend everyone who responded to that um, with being so vulnerable and sharing some of some some per- very personal things. There are even some there are some really personal things that people shared just in that little in that little question. I could tell it it brought out a lot and I'm really appreciative that people are willing to give such raw open responses. And I think also hearing that from you guys I mean, it re-motivates me always um, to keep this community going and alive and to keep putting things out that I think will help people. And all, all of those topics that I just said and the ones that I didn't um, all deserve to be touched on. And I I wrote everything down. And in this new year, I want to kind of tackle all of those because I love doing... Um, like regular Q and A's and the lighter stuff, and I, but I also really love talking about the deep underlying issues because that's really where a lot of the real work gets done. And these are important topics that a lot of people, a lot of people are feeling unhappy or out of control. They don't know what to do um, in different aspects of their life, and I want to empower you to not feel like you're like you don't have control over things um because there's always something to be done and give you some direction and just keep touching on any of these topics that you feel like you have no one to turn to to talk about like let's talk about it here and yeah all of that so I just I really appreciate that and obviously I can't answer all those in this episode um And I feel like I don't have enough time to kind of get into something super, super in depth, but I do want to talk about a couple of these struggles that people listed that kind of have to do with this time of year on the holidays. One thing that a lot of people mentioned was binging. And while binging is a huge topic, I could write a novel on it and there's so many different aspects to it. Um, I kind of just want to talk about binging in the context of like the holidays. If you feel like you're binging during the holidays, um, I think addressing like binge binging in general, like binge eating disorder or just general binges is a much, it's a bit, it's a very big topic. So just in, in the context of during the holidays, I think that First of all, a lot of people confuse binging and overeating. Um, And when you're binging, you feel like you were literally out of control and you feel like you don't really have a sense of agency over it. Like that's how it feels in your head Um, versus like, man, I ate a lot for dinner, but I still want dessert. So I'm going to eat more dessert and maybe like eating, eating past feeling comfortable is not the same thing as binging while like if you're binging you are going to be eating 
past the point of feeling comfortable, but like the overeating is not necessarily binge eating, which I just want to point out and also don't let somebody like push that label onto you because I see this a lot as well. If people want to eat more, if people eat more than they usually do during the holidays and somebody will say like, oh, well, I don't want to binge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this comes back to this idea of um, paying attention to the language you're using because a binge is different than overeating. If you like this time of year, especially with all the holidays and people are around each other and there's more events, um, if you are eating a little bit more than you usually do, like, and you want to, <laughs> this is part of life. Like, it's okay. Like, life comes in ebbs and flows. You don't have that many events. Like, maybe you don't have that many events the next few months. It evens out, but it's the holidays and enjoy yourself. If you just, if you don't want to eat extra, then don't eat extra. But I think that a lot of people are so, like, zeroed in on eating perfectly and they're stressed out over eating an extra cookie or an extra slice of cake or whatever maybe you are eating a, a lot more like some it, it all kind of goes back to your your mindset around it and where is that coming from are you literally eating your do you feel like you're eating your feelings and you're eating just as a band-aid because you have this underlying other issue that you're trying to avoid or is it from restricting i mean all binging comes from a sense of restriction in some sense, whether that be emotional or physical. But, you know, if you were having a great time, you had a good dinner and you had a piece of dessert and you're like, you know what? I want another piece of pie, even though I'm full, but like, I just want another piece of pie. And you're coming from like a place of loving yourself and it's not this out of control. It's like this sense of agency about it. Like you don't, need to stress out about it like it's one day and you are not going to destroy your life (laughs) with one day of eating extra food i think a lot of people stress out over eating extra food at this time of year when that's doing like the opposite of what they should be doing so when when you're stressed out about food your body's going to metabolize it differently if cortisol is running more likely to be stored as fat and they've done studies on this Um, changed people's emotional states if they are like happy when they're eating or stressed out or upset and you're more likely to gain fat if you're stressed out or upset so I think another thing is to is to be mindful in the moment and like tune and be like do I really want this Um, why do I want to eat this am I going to feel bad afterwards and this sense of giving yourself permission so it kind of goes back to the, the restriction if you feel like this is my one night to have dessert. I can never eat it again. You're more likely to binge on it because you, you're putting this restriction on it. Or if all day you haven't eaten that much food because you're you're saving your food for the evening or if you've been eating so, so clean just to allow yourself to eat at this event you knew there's going to be extra food you wanted to eat at like that's all a form of restriction and that can rebound subconsciously or consciously when it comes to that time and make you binge so sometimes to get out of that you have to go through this what feels like a very uncomfortable phase of just like letting yourself eat more of what you want and loosening up the reins because then it will naturally like fall where you're in this situation and you're like in your head there's this underlying self-talk that's well if I wanted to have an extra piece of cake tomorrow I could because I don't have a limit on it now of the only days I can 
So why would I go crazy? Which is, this is why, you know, in the bodybuilding world, planned cheat days can quote cheat days. I mean, that's a whole other topic can actually help people because it's like, they know they're going to have another cheat day next week. So they don't feel like, you know, this is their one shot to get in their quote treat or whatever. Um, but that can also be detrimental for other people who, who's like, that doesn't work for them. And to them only having it once a week feels like a limitation. Um, in which case that might cause them to binge on their cheat day. So looking at the restrictions or limitations, um, that you've put on yourself and starting to strip those away and what you feel like is a restriction might be different than what somebody else does. So I see this a lot in the health and fitness space of people like labeling something a restriction and don't let someone else put what what they what would feel restrictive to them onto you. So don't let someone some random person on the internet say that this is restrictive. But what might feel restrictive for that person um might not for you and vice versa because we are all different so it's about being aware and like this comes back to tuning into like is this making me feel like I'm limited in some way not according to what somebody else says what what you actually feel if you binge or overeat or whatever during the holidays um there are a few steps I recommend taking and the first is not to try and compensate the next day. I really recommend getting a nice long full night sleep, like sleep as well as you can. And then the next day, eat normally, eat balanced meals. Um, if you are like so full, still when you wake up, don't force food down you. Like, like <laughs> don't, you don't want to force it in, but also don't, do not avoid food and don't you don't need to feel like oh I have to intermittent fast or I have to skip breakfast um I really want you to follow your body's hunger signals that that next morning and plan on just eating your normal meals plan on eating your breakfast lunch and dinner make sure you get vegetables in with your meals and make sure you get protein in and those are the most important things because you want to kind of restabilize your hunger signals you don't want to stress your body out anymore drink extra water and just pick up on your good healthy habits. I also think that the next day is a great day to get some movement in. So just do whatever you would normally do. If you would normally on that day work out, work out. If you normally wouldn't, then you don't. But I do think, I mean, I wouldn't be a sloth all day because you probably feel worse, but go for a walk, um, get outside, just get some fresh air, drink a lot of water, get your greens in, but do not try and a lot of people do this thing where they go, I ate too much last night, so I'm going to skip this meal. I'm going to wait for dinner um, and I'm going to do an extra workout. Don't do this. This is like stressing your body out even more and you just want to get things back on track. And there's always a rebound effect because if that next day you try to compensate, then the following day your body is going to compensate for that and this is what goes this is what leads to the the binge restrict cycle back and forth the yo-yoing so pick up where you where you left off give yourself some grace forgive yourself this is where having like 
can you sit for five or 10 minutes and call it meditating, call it just being quiet, check in, like literally tell yourself, like, I'm not a bad person. If you felt like you were angry at yourself, forgive yourself, say it, that you forgive yourself and reframe that situation in your mind. So I find it can help when you, you know, think about what happened. Don't try and avoid what happened. Think about what happened. Why did I eat that? How did it make me feel? I think also writing down how your body feels so that you can learn from the next time if you do or don't want to do that again. Um, because usually if you really did binge, you, you will have physical symptoms. Like you might feel it's a similar feeling to feeling hungover or just really sluggish and tired. Your stomach might hurt. Your digestion might be in pain, like writing things down. And again, not to get upset with yourself, just to be looking at it from a very logical perspective of like, this is what happened. And now I know next time, like this is information I can use moving forward to make decisions that will best serve me. So tune in with yourself and think about how you feel emotionally and physically. And then even say, all right, you know, I ate a lot of food and this is why I did and how I feel now. And maybe it was something that you realize like, I overate, but I wasn't binging. And at the end of the day, like I enjoyed myself. So all right, cool. If you feel like you binged or overate and you wish you hadn't, like let yourself know, you know, I, that's what happened. And at the, at the time, like this was my mindset and I don't have to do that going forward. I learned from that experience and now I have useful, helpful information to help me in the future. So reframing it in the now as something that was a learning experience um, is really, really important because when you're in that cycle of negative self-talk, getting upset with yourself, um, you're just kind of building up that inner mean girl and we need to get rid of that inner mean girl. We need to forgive and love and no one is perfect. This is just parts of life. Like (laughs) it's one day in your life, you know? And even if it's not just one day, even if this has just been a pattern, you can make it just one day, which has to go with like this whole mindset shift of somebody asked, how, how do I be okay with all the food I ate the last few days? And there's a lot to that, but one thing is literally just decide that you're okay with it. Like, I know that sounds so simple, but all of our thoughts are our choices. And if you literally just decide, wow, I ate a lot of food and you could either be upset with yourself or you can say, I decide that I'm okay with it. I ate it. I enjoyed it. It was delicious. And this element of self-talk adds to like faking it till you make it. And when you tell yourself, literally say it, when you tell yourself, I'm okay with it, I enjoyed it, then you will start to believe it. Or you can say, you know, I'm okay with it. Um, It didn't make me feel my best. So moving forward, I might make a different decision, but you know, you live and you learn and there we go. It's kind of this whole attitude shift and changing your mindset around what happened because your body will physiologically respond differently to your thoughts around that experience. I want you to be aware of people preying off of you feeling 
down on yourself these next few weeks, especially this time of year. People are banking on the fact that you feel like you're not good enough, that you're not thin enough or pretty enough, or that you are helpless and that you are caught in a cycle and you can never get out. And they are going to tell you these stories and try and put them into your head because they're going to try and sell you their quick fix programs and detoxes and whatever else. And you just need to be very, very aware of what feelings you have about yourself and what feelings other people are trying to push into your subconscious about yourself to try and sell a product um, and be wary of who is kind of using your insecurities against you versus who is actually trying to help you make a positive change. And there's no black or white answer for that. But this time of year, you know, January is a huge month for everybody to turn things around and start X, Y, and Z. It's obviously the biggest month for Whole30. And think about what what would be helpful for you in terms of long-term lasting lifestyle changes. Anything that tells you it's going to change your life in like 10 days is a a piece of BS. It's that doesn't happen. You're looking for long-term results. Sometimes that takes longer than 15 days or two weeks or whatever they're saying. Your, your whole life can get a lot better, um, quickly. Every day matters, but if someone's promising you that their, um, you know, fitness program is going to make you lose 20 pounds in a week, then I would run the other direction because it's probably not the best idea. And lastly, I want to wrap up with one more little topic that was actually on my mind this morning because I watched this girl's YouTube video about an elimination diet she was doing. And then a few people talked about this in my little stories question thing about asking about elimination diets. And I know this time of year, like January, Whole30, whatever, a lot of people are doing elimination diets. And I was thinking this when I was watching this girl's video and all the mistakes she made upon reintroduction. The most important part of the uh, a food elimination diet, okay, is going to be the reintroductions because that's when you figure out what foods do and don't work for you. And this girl was saying that she was following the Whole30 reintroduction guidelines and I'm not sure if she, I'm not sure if she was or not, um, but okay, <laughs> God, there's so much that goes into this. I just want to mention some of the big mistakes she made when she reintroduced so you guys can avoid this as well. First of all, do not reintroduce like say you're starting reintroductions today and you're reintroducing one food today. Um, don't reintroduce a new food tomorrow and then a new food the day after. Like there needs to be space in between all of your food reintroductions. I like to leave at least three to four days in between a single food reintroduction and sometimes it takes longer. I know the reintroduction process can be like ugh, a pain in the butt because it can take a long time, but you did not eliminate all those foods just to mess the reintroduction part up. Another mistake I saw her make was she was eating other new things <laughs> the same day, like things that weren't involved in the food elimination diet at all was also eating that the same day. So that's a confounding variable. And this also goes back to another recommendation is um, you want to eat like pretty strictly that day in terms of I would home cook everything so that you know exactly what's in it because a lot of times if it's a packaged product or 
eating at a restaurant, you don't know exactly what oils are in it, or sometimes they sneak in other ingredients that aren't, it's in such a small amount that they don't have to put it on the ingredients label. And it's just much better to make the food yourself so you know that it's just that food and there's no other confounding variables. And I also am a big fan of making it the same way because certain foods people might react to differently depending on the way they're cooked or how they're prepared. So for example, if you're going to reintroduce, I don't know, cauliflower, say you took cauliflower out of your diet for some reason, don't have it like cooked in the morning and then raw at lunch and then with some sauce at dinner. Like I would just like keep it plain. That's one tip is when you're reintroducing, keep it plain. So this person that I saw was reintroducing like, a food and having it so many different ways and different spices, different X, Y, and Z. You want to keep it very plain and cook it a very similar way. So like a lot of people respond, let's use the cauliflower example, for instance, they respond much differently to a raw cruciferous vegetable than a cooked one. And also what was in that sauce? Was it the sauce mixed with the cauliflower? So just trying to keep things very simple is important. Those are just kind of some of the main mistakes I saw her make. And um, maybe we should get more into this later after people have like, I mean, now is probably a bad time because I don't think anyone went on an elimination diet during December, but just some things to keep in mind. And we can talk more about food elimination diets um, in future episodes as well. Just let me know if you have any specific questions related to that. Post it in the forum, the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. But related to that, everyone's going to make you feel like you need to do an elimination diet right now and like in January and like you don't need to. Like if you want to do that, really tune in with like why you're doing it. And if you're doing anything way too crazy or extreme, maybe like cool your jets. So let's let's start like maybe you just need a break from sugar and dairy. If you eat soy or corn or gluten, like I mean... I mean, long-term, I'm a fan of removing those in general, but let's just like focus on the big heavy hitters and not go too, too insane. And sometimes easing into it can be better for some people. Other people are just better with an all or none type of deal. So know yourself and be um, honest about your intentions. And if you are trying to do an elimination diet, um, not as an elimination diet to figure out what works for you, but just because you want to restrict foods to lose weight, then this is a different conversation. And like, you need to check yourself and that is not the way to lose weight. It's not going to work. Um, just as weight loss, just restricting your food intake. It might work maybe for some people very short term, but then that's going to rebound, probably give you issues with food in general, because you're going to be coming from a place of restriction. It gets just, it just gets very complicated. So do not feel like you have to do a whole 30 or you have to do the plant paradox diet or you have to do, I don't know, the carnivore diet, whatever, just because it's January and you're trying to start off on a fresh foot. Like, I think also that can be almost too big a shock to the body if you've come off of this last few weeks of maybe like indulging more than you usually would. Um, Just this relates back to we all need to tune out more of what everyone else is doing and just focus on what feels good for us. So I do not want you to feel like you have to do an elimination diet. Um, I do recommend doing something like that 
working with somebody or having some guidance in that realm because a lot of people make mistakes. Um, so yeah, like I said, send in questions about elimination diets. If you're curious more about that and I always recommend starting with kind of the big rocks around like diet and lifestyle before doing a full on like what could be a stressful food elimination diet for you so like do you have your sleep in check how is your stress management are you drinking enough water um are you eating vegetables are you getting in healthy proteins and healthy fats um is your carbohydrate intake match your activity level and your hormonal status are you getting in electrolytes eating enough high quality sea salts what about your vitamin d intake are you getting in the sun every day maybe you need a vitamin d supplement what are your omega-3s like are you getting enough omega-3s into your diet what's your six to three ratio like all these different things um that are much more important to pay attention to your magnesium intake a lot of people have to supplement with that do you exercise do you move if you don't Let's start with walks. You don't just ease into things. Um, Maybe add in some resistance training. These are all things that people overlook um, and would rather just jump into an elimination diet that has been outlined in a book or online or in some program because it's almost easier for them to follow those instructions than address the rest of their lifestyle. But I just caution you against going balls to the wall with with something out of nowhere if you don't already have a solid foundation with your health and wellness. Everyone's at a different starting point, so that's that's where we're at. I also just don't want you to ever feel like your health is out of control. If you feel like it's out of control, take a breath. Okay, what can you do in this next day that will help you feel like you're taking a step in the right direction? Because you do have control over all the choices you make. So, would working with somebody help you feel like you're in more control? Would joining something like my program, my Paleo Home Lifestyle program, where you're educating yourself, make you feel like you have more control? Would reading some books and learning more about whatever topic you're struggling with help you feel like you're more in control? Would having some time and space to yourself, by yourself with quiet, help you relax and feel like you can gather your thoughts? Would writing it all down, making a list, seeing things very clearly help you feel like you are moving in the right direction? Would making a clear change help you feel better? Would starting to do yoga more often make you feel like you are making a change and going in the right direction? Would making a conscious effort to add an extra serving of vegetables help you feel better would making a conscious decision to adding more olive oil to your diet help you feel like you were making choices that were actively promoting your your health would that help you feel like you're taking control there's always something you can do to take control and sometimes that means like sometimes a form of taking control is finding someone else or some other resource that will help make decisions for you help guide you that is a form of you taking control but there's always something to do and always a new avenue to take and the only time you're ever really out of control is if you've totally given up um so keep that in mind and that's going to be different for everybody so yeah this is my new year's eve rant it's not new year's eve yet but it will be i will be enjoying my new year's eve up at our family cabin relaxing watching a movie or something, eating delicious food. And 
I would love it if you guys shared your New Year's thoughts, goals, plans for 2019 with me. Post it in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, or comment on a recent Instagram post. I love interacting with you and hearing from you and like people who actually listen to things. Don't just scroll and like and then say, yummy. Like... (laughs) Real interactions make me really happy. And that's how I get to know you guys as well. So yeah, I hope that everyone is having a great New Year's Eve, no matter what that means for you. If it means going out, getting dressed up, looking cute and going to a party, enjoy your night, like just be in the moment and freaking enjoy it. And don't worry about what's coming tomorrow or what was yesterday. Just be in the moment and be present. If it means curling up by yourself in your PJs with some hot chocolate and reading or writing or sitting and watching a movie, like enjoy that too. Just literally enjoy the moment, be present in the moment, make a commitment to yourself that you're going to be present in the moment on New Year's Eve. Okay. I feel much better. And it's crazy. Tomorrow's going to be 2019. Holy crap. I'm excited. You should be excited. There's always better things to come. So that's going to be it for this episode. Next time I'll have a fun interview for you. And it will be 2019. Oh my God. All right. Have an awesome New Year's Eve or New Year. Because you probably aren't listening to this on New Year's Eve. But if you are, you're the best. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye.